So ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Easy Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I. I hope you enjoyed listening to us break down uh, Stranger Things. It was a lot of fun, Matt, going through season by season with you and really spending a chunk of time on the Gargantuan Season 4. It's now for episode 92 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. See what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's having a great day right now. Super pumped for tonight's episode. I got my coffee, my Easy Conversations mug. Um, we're going to be talking about other, more TV shows, Eric, and um, can't wait to talk about them. So why don't you tell, them, tell the people which shows we're going to be talking about? Yeah, moving from one streaming platform to the next. Last episode was Netflix. This episode is going to be Disney+. Plus. And we're going to be spending this episode dissecting the two latest Star Wars shows that were released on Disney Plus this past year, The Book of Boba Fett, and most recently, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So we're initially going to perhaps loop in an Andor into this episode, but we got a little... We didn't want to wait too long to talk about these shows, particularly Obi-Wan, so we sped up the the timeline a little bit here. So we're going to be talking about these two shows and perhaps offering... um, little teaser on Andor and what we're expecting to see from that show. But we're going to start bringing it all the way back to, I believe, December 2021, leading up to February 2022. Talk about the first show released this year, The Book of Boba Fett. So when we did our last Star Wars episode, talking about all the shows that were about to, to be released in the next few years, I cited Book of Boba Fett as a show that I was really looking forward to because when I was much younger and introduced to Star Wars as a kid, I instantly gravitated to the Boba Fett character. Just looked very cool. He had a mysterious allure about him. I believe he only appears on the screen for like less than 10 minutes worth of screen time in the original trilogy. But there's just something about this character that I just I wanted to spend more time with that character. Then he was introduced in Mandalorian Season 2, and it was announced that he'd get his own show. So I was super pumped. Yeah, I'll just say opening thoughts on this show. I actually like this show. It got a lot of, of hate, I think, and mixed reviews. Overall, I'll say this show did not exceed expectations. but And I didn't have the highest of expectations either. I was just pumped for the show because I love the character. It served its purpose for me. I was satisfied with it. Finished strong as well. Not the best Mar- uh, Disney Plus show, Star Wars show, but still good what are your opening thoughts on book of boba fett matt you said a lot of great things there eric first of all i was drawn to boba fett too at an early age because i let's just call it's the armor and the jetpack and the helmet like he looks so cool amazing he looks amazing i mean we didn't like him because of his fighting ability <laughs> i mean he gets like manhandled into the sarlacc pit um Don't but my initial opening thoughts on the show is i loved it exceeded my expectation because i had such low hopes for this show but it was everything I wanted to be and more. I even rewatched it a second time, actually, which I rarely do nowadays. I, I loved the show a lot. Um, not as good as Mandalorian seasons one and two, but it was really, it's ranked really highly for me. Want me to just get in, like, start with the beginning of the show? Yeah, go for it. What I really liked about, like, the first few episodes is it had, like, a Western feel mixed with maybe an avatar and dances with wolves in the sense that he gets taken in by perceived enemies, you know, and then he gets a client, like he gets, he becomes one of them. I'm talking about the Tuscan Raiders here. I love that whole like storyline, Eric, showing flashbacks of that. And I don't even, rewatching it a second time, like I realized he must have spent like maybe a year or so with them. Like he spends a long time with them. 
before he eventually heals and goes on his way. I really like that aspect. Did you like that whole like format, Eric, where they keep flashing back to him as getting out of the Sarlacc pit and with the Tuscans? Did you like that? I really liked it as well. I actually wish that we would have maybe gotten even more Tuscan Raider content. I forget if it was in episode two or three that we come to find out that they were slaughtered by the Pike Syndicate in the, the last flashback we get with them. That was just devastating. I felt like they were gone far too soon and like you, I love how they flipped everyone's perception on the Tusken Raiders who were introduced in the original trilogy as um, one-dimensional villains, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. They're just undesired entities. And we really don't get to spend yeah. any time developing them whatsoever. But now with these Disney Plus shows, and even in Mandalorian, we, they kind of planted the seed of shifting the perception around the Tusken Raiders. And I really like that, making them characters that deserve more attention and are i won't say human they're not human beings they're a different race but they are beings that have that clearly are high high thinking and capable beings so i really liked how they did how they portrayed the uh, the tuscan raiders in this season particularly and like i said i wish we had gotten more of them like i was convinced that they would actually some of them had survived and would come back at the end of the season That's kind of a a cheap trick, I guess, that you see in a lot of these shows and movies. So in a sense, maybe it was for the best that they didn't come back. And that dose that we got in the beginning was like the perfect amount, I guess. Mm -hmm. But all this to say, I really enjoyed it and very well handled. And I love how he kind of adopts their fighting style as well. Because that wasn't really explained. In Mandalorian, he comes up with this unique fighting style. We had no idea how he got in these abilities. Now we really got to see his backstory. And yeah, like a good year spent in that clan and how he rose through the ranks and actually taught them how to ride um, the speeder as well and then right. get into the um, the train heist as well it was really cool. So no, I, I loved it, all of it. The train heist on the Pikes train is like maybe the highlight of the season. It was superbly well done. I don't know if you got this, but like to me, strong comparisons, the Tuscans are almost like the Native Americans back in the day where... Like to me, it was like exactly that comparison. Even with all the spirit, spiritual, um, the spirit stuff, when he takes like the hallucinogenics and he sees, like he goes and does his wandering, and I don't know, I felt like that was very influenced by like native mythology and all that. Um, the okay, the, the the action scene on the train though, Eric, like top notch. You even have that Tuscan, like that one Tuscan who wears black, I believe, like he's super badass yeah. and he, you never see him again. You don't know if he's slaughtered by the pikes, presumably so. I kind of wanted him to pop up, but like that was cool. Like he, they had the, the Tuscans had their personalities. Like you actually saw different, not just like cardboard c- cookie cutter, like here's a Tuscan Raider. They had like different personalities. You had the kid, they fight that giant monster with six arms and then he's like looked at as like, he's like, oh, this guy's a badass now and forging the weapon like i loved all that eric um but moving on and then the other part of the show for me was almost like a gangster show you know new man in town takes control now how do you deal with your lieutenants and how do you deal with the town's mayor the town's everything i have every problem i got really like heavy gangster vibes do you feel the same way oh yeah now boba fett was like a Christopher Moltisanti in that he was just trying to establish himself and came actually not at all. I just wanted to make it. That was a, a reach soprano a reference there. But he he was 
I love the gangster uh, aspect of it as well. And they even hinted at that with the um, the teaser for Book of Boba Fett that he killed um, Bib Fortuna in that post credit scene and took the throne that was previously Jabba the Hutt's. They set the tone for what kind of show it would be. And I loved all those, uh, the political intrigue as well. Him having to deal with the um, the mayor and the mayor's major Dorno, I believe is the, the title. Couldn't stand that guy. I know a lot of people were a fan of him because he comes from Veep as well. So I had somewhat of a cult following. I just wasn't about it at all. He did give us a few good quotables. I don't have any of them written off hand here. I'll just try to quote them there where he talks about his education, that he was educated in Coruscant, but then has to has to cor- um, correct himself in saying like, oh, not that that makes me better than any of you, but so there's like some political uh, or um, little satire in, in his character as well. So he was interesting. Um, I love the Pike Syndicate particularly. Huge fan of them as villains, and uh, they felt like a threat. There's an endless amount of them, and they really just ran Tatooine, it seemed like. Yeah. Yeah, cool seeing how Boba navigated himself in that world and making tributes and collecting as well and wanting to walk around rather than be carried around like the lazy huts used to for hundreds of years in Tatooine. I actually liked seeing the huts too. I wish we had seen more of them. What were your thoughts on all the the families and the, like the pikes and stuff? Well, I'm glad you mentioned them in Tatooine. Like, first of all, the setting in the show is fantastic. The desert setting and then the like the the moss the different mosses. Loved it, Eric and. I loved when Boba would hold court and like the different problems come to him and like he, he's like a, a mini king like he's the da- daimyo I guess you call like yeah. protector but I love when people are coming to him with his problems and you get a taste of like what it would be like to like actually rule and like there's no there's like no win scenarios here like he picks sides obviously like he gets all those high those techie guy, biker guys to help him mm-hmm. um, speaking of the huts though I love that they were in there for another reason because they introduced Chris uh I forget his name, but the Wookiee. Yeah. It's Chris Santin, yep. thank you. Santo, right? Santo, yep. yep. Santo, yeah. He was great. The fight scene when Bulba just like wakes up out of the bank, to, well, it just gets like ripped out of his back to tank, bank to tank or whatever. And the that fight scene's unreal. Takes everyone to stop him. I uh, love that. This this show, Eric, Book of Bulba had really good action scenes. Again, taken from Mando, like they had, they, there hasn't been a miss yet. We'll talk about Obi Wan later, but there hasn't been a miss yet for like how the action was done. It was super, superbly done, in my opinion. What did you think of all, like all the, uh, like the fighting was great, right? Um, yes, I agree as well. Like all the fight scenes that you've listed, I was a huge fan of. You mentioned a few characters there that I do want to touch on, I guess individually. Santo, huge fan. I feel like kind of underused, to be honest. As soon as he was introduced mm-hmm. in episode two, I was like, okay, this is sick. We've never seen a Wookiee that looks like this. Looks like a grizzled gladiator. And it it was made pretty obvious that he used to be a gladiator and used to yeah. fight for sport. And so there, uh, there's definitely a dark past to that character that I don't know if we're ever going to see that fleshed out. Being that he's a Wookiee, What's the future for a character like this? If we see him in future shows or movies, they just can't communicate in the same way that any right. other character who speaks English can, right? So that kind of limits them in a way, but also allows for a different kind of storytelling when the nonverbal and um, can be more powerful in some cases. Like just a reference to Stranger Things that we talked about last episode, like Eleven doesn't have that many lines, but just gets her emotions across in her physical acting and is able to Mm -hmm. do the most with the least amount of lines and does the best job of all the actors, in my opinion. 
pivoting back to what we're talking about now though Santo huge fan I love that fight scene as well I was kind of rattled that the biker gang got the best of him as well and they were able to trap him in the the Rancor's pit but it's all good I mean they he, he had to be taken down I guess otherwise he would have killed Boba Fett so I mean I like Santo but he can't be the lead in this show and kill off our main character there in episode three or whatever that was and yeah that leads to the biker gang so I was a huge fan of the action overall there was one horrible action scene in the show that we just have to address is that chase scene in episode I think three just all yeah. time terrible I don't know what they were thinking it's kind of crazy to think that the director for that episode was also the director for the last episode I think Robert Rodriguez's his name yeah and there's night and day with those two episodes that last episode was action packed from start to finish and I was hooked the whole time and then you get this travesty of a chase scene it was laughable just wasn't a fan of the biker gang to begin with they yeah. This has been hammered home by pretty much anyone who's analyzed this show, but they're, they they just seemed out of place, belong maybe in Coruscant or something. Even at that, I feel like they would have been black sheep, perhaps. Here, they're just out to lunch, and I wasn't a fan at all. But love the action overall, though, and um, Fennec Shand also, haven't even touched on yeah. her yet. She had awesome parkour chase scenes. Again, I could say underused again for the action component. When she had to chase down um, the mayor's men, I'm pretty sure in that second or first episode, she did her thing and she could basically kill. She has instant kill activated. She has to be reined in by Boba. So they're like, listen, we need one of these people alive for interrogation. They're just, just don't kill them all. But she's awesome. Huge fan of her as well. I was just going to say her, um, maybe they introduced the biker gang to introduce the technology that he uses down the road to like save her. True. But like that, I don't buy that because... Just introduce the technology when it comes. Um, I guess it was just to show the different types of people. And they did end up helping him in the end. The show, though, I was a fan of all this gangster, like, him trying to rule stuff. But then, like, the show takes a jarring turn where I think, I don't remember which episode, but when he's not even in the next episode and it's, like, we get episode five, like, we get, like, a couple Mando episodes, basically, Eric. Like, I that was a welcome change for me in the sense that like I wanted to see Mando again and that was fun but very jarring. Like are you a fan of that like abrupt like okay we're now we're going to follow characters from our previous show. Mm-hmm. Like what do you think of that abrupt change? Yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly how I felt at the time because I think episode 4 ends with Boba and Finnick talking about how they're going to need reinforcements for like now things are heating up a bit with the pikes and then he, they're just yeah. looking out the window like oh I think I know who to call? Who are you going to call? Man, doe. And then the, the next, I actually restarted the episode today before doing this pod. The episode opens with him rolling up in a friggin' meat lab, you know, a meat freezer, and just carves up these people he's supposed to bring in either warm or cold, delivering his iconic catchphrase, the music. Mando steals the show for episodes five and six. And even seven, he the back half of the season becomes the Mando yeah. show. And is that a good thing? Is yeah. that a bad thing? It's a good thing for Mando because it just solidifies his status as unquestionably, in my opinion, the best addition to Star Wars post Disney Plus. No doubt. Yeah. The guy is the GOAT. And those two episodes that we really just follow him were probably the best episodes of the show. Then you get also like Luke thrown in there, Ahsoka, uh, Grogu, 
just all these familiar faces from from Mando. So they're they're teeing up season three of Mando with those episodes. But was that the best call? Though is the question. It's, like it's Boba Fett's show. Mando yeah. kind of usurped him and stole his thunder. But I still loved it. Like at the end, those episodes flew by, and, and like I said, best of the season in my opinion. What did you think of them? Very well said, Eric. They were amazing episodes, but they did steal the spotlight from Boba, which I don't know if I'm a fan of, actually. I really loved the first few episodes of the Boba. Like, I would have just stuck with Boba, actually, in my opinion. Just make it, like, his show and Mando, the beginning of the third season, would have been, like... But then again, tying it in was really cool. You see, I'm torn. I thought it was awesome, but I'm like, I wanted more of Boba, too. Okay, seeing Luke and Ahsoka and Grogu, like, that actually threw me off. That that was where I'm like, okay, I don't know if they, we need to see all this. Like, I thought, I honestly thought Grogu, we would never see him again. That, that may have been foolish because he's so popular. Of course, he's going to be in the next season of Mando. They explained to us how in the Boba Fett last few episodes. So, I don't know if seeing Luke that much, like, the whole, like, Empire Strikes Back tribute, did you... It was good, but like I'm like I I don't know if I needed that Eric to be honest. Like it was very like forced, I guess. Yeah, maybe a little. Right. I I do remember liking it all in the moment. I remember that episode. That was episode six. It just flew by for me, and uh, mm-hmm. I was just loving all the cameos left and right. I was just eating it right. up. Yeah, like if you haven't seen Book of Boba Fett and you go into Mando season three, you'll be completely lost, right? Like as the last yeah. thing you saw is uh, Mando. To- bawling his eyes out at giving away Grogu for his training and that like you said it looks like we'll never see this this cute little bastard again but foolish <laughs> of us to think that they just let go of this cash cow for marketing purposes right you, I figured they would bring him back in some capacity I did not think it would be this quick there is no part of me that thought by episode one of Mando season three we'd be seeing Grogu again right because I didn't even think he'd be in Book of Boba Fett so why would I think that but All right pretty crazy overall though i liked it and it made for a, a stronger i don't know like i was gonna say stronger back half of the season i do think it was stronger but i still remember enjoying every single episode yeah so you were saying um we leave boba on him wanting reinforcements i don't remember how it happens but they get the idea that uh, the town um there's a town nearby that can help them led by timothy oliphant's character like the sheriff i forget his name Cobb Vance. Cobb, yeah, Cobb Vanth, and then, but now my favorite thing about the show happened, and we get, we are introduced to the legendary Cad Bane, and I say legendary because I've seen every episode of Star Wars, The Clone Wars, so have you, Eric, and the man is a legend in that show, a legend, I remember seeing him, like, as a kid when the show came out, and the first episode he's in, I'm like, who the hell is this guy, he has, like, all these gadgets, and he's just a badass, I mean, he's a bad guy, but we root for the bad guys in this show, right, Eric? Um, his live action, like, uh, his first live action appearance was nothing short of legendary, in my opinion, Eric. Like, they got this, the design perfectly, the voice, the shootout with Timothy Oliphant was, like, perfect. Like, the, the duel, I should say. Ah, oh, that gave me nerd chills. What did you, like... Same thing with you? Well, just chills. I mean, we don't even need to say yeah. nerd. It was just chills all out. Overall, that whole... And that was at the end of episode six that you see Cobb Van... And, uh, sorry, you see Cad Bane. And that whole episode was just cameo central. It starts off with Cobb Van stopping, um, I think, either Jawas... I think Pikes. Pikes from making yeah. a spice run. 
and he caps like three of the four of them and then lets the fourth one go who leaves the spice behind. So right away, we're like, okay, this is going to be a legacy character reunion tour. And it's only fitting that it started with Cobb Vanth and it ended with Cad Bane. Two very similar characters, honestly, in Western-style characters, sheriffs and uh, badasses, gunslingers. When you see Cad Bane walking in the distance towards the town of... I forget the name of the town, Moss Pelias or something like that. Uh, right away, I'm like, okay, this is going to be someone. It didn't click, though, on the first shot. And then you see him from a little closer, and all you see is the silhouette of the brim of his hat. My jaw just hit the floor. I'm like, no, no, like they did it. And I lost it when I saw him. So pumped. Yeah. Very happy to see him also win that duel with Cobb Vanth. I do like Cobb Vanth. Timothy Oliphant does a great job in that role. It was cool to see that he's still the man and the still the sheriff in town. Yeah, he killed it in episode 7 as well. Every single scene he was in, in my opinion, stole the show. If anyone here listening hasn't seen Clone Wars, definitely recommend. All the episodes with Cad Bane are some of my favorites. He's one of my favorite yeah. characters in Clone Wars, potentially even Star Wars in general. Loved it, and I, it, it was fitting that he and Boba Fett got to have a nice final duel given their history handled yeah. very well did you want to touch on that duel specifically if we we're going to talk about the last episode yeah just for just want to like go back and say uh, i like that he was introduced cad bane into the live action universe because then a lot of people are going to like go back and watch and see who he is because my parents i watched it with my parents they had no idea who he who, who he was i had to pause it and explain like how important this moment was because they're wondering why i'm freaking out over on the couch <laughs> But, uh, okay, the last episode, like, all the chips are on the table. Pikes are coming in, like you said, in, like, endless numbers of them. Like, you don't even know where they crawled out of. Yeah. Coming by ship, I guess. But yeah. uh, that was a cool, that was a really good episode. You know, the, you were teased with the Rancor in the first few episodes. Like, you're like, okay, he's going to ride the Rancor. Oh, you, yeah. you were waiting for that moment, too. Um, but, no, what a great episode. It even has the major domo, like... There's some funny stuff with him, you know, when he gets handed the the, the demands with like, <laughs> with like nothing on it. Yeah. But to me, he doesn't even check it first. He starts reading it like the first time. I'm like, dude, read it beforehand and find out if he's gonna like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Be prepared. That was funny. Great action in that episode. I love those uh, the robots that the Pikes used though, with the shields, like those spidery thingies. Uh. Okay, so in my those are like big droid decas, no? Were they not yeah, just right. like upscaled, three yeah. D printed, like ten times the size of a droid deca? Like that's what they reminded me of, anyways. Particularly with mm -hmm. those shields. For a hundred percent, loved it. And when the rancor pops up, like who doesn't love that? And he even he has struggled to destroy those upscaled droid decas. Okay, like now let's talk about Cad Bane and yeah. and Boba. Like you two. I remember texting you and be like, oh, he's like, he's finished. And then you're like, no, no, his light is still on or something. Like, what? I was going to touch on that in this episode when we okay. talked about this duel specifically. So in the duel, of course, you got to have the good guy win. Technically, a good guy is a former bad guy. But anyways, and Boba Fett gets the best of Cad Bane in this duel. But actually, so Cad Bane technically won in the, uh, the gunslinging bout. He was toying yeah. with Boba for a bit, and then, of course, Boba suckered him in the end with the Tusken Raider tactic, struck him with his giant spear through the chest, sternum, wherever. You're led to believe that Cad Bane is now dead. 
immediately I'm furious watching this. If you've listened to the last episode, you heard my tirade about how I thought Vecna was dead and I was mad, so this should be no surprise to you <laughs> that I didn't like that. But upon re-watching that scene specifically and reading YouTube comments and stuff, you can see that there's a little digital dash on Cad Bane's left uh, breast pocket, I guess, that has three flickering lights and those lights are flashing as the camera pans over him where he's looking supposedly dead. So that indicates that he's either signaling to someone like a medic. He has a droid in the, the Clone Wars show as well. That's his, his trusty attendee who he just treats like absolute banta shit. <laughs> and so he's probably on the way or that's just his heart still beating and he's fine so all in all you're not going to introduce a character of Cad Bane's status to only kill him one episode later they essentially gave him the Wilson Fisk treatment in Hawkeye that's literally what I thought of immediately same situation and we know Fisk is going to come back in a future show so it'll be the same thing for Cad Bane they don't like to kill anybody off anyways so they want to keep the masses content Bane will return yeah, that was my favorite part of the episode, though. All the, the Mando and Boba fight scenes in that episode were my favorite. And the Major Dorno, like you said, was, that was a hilarious scene, actually, with him walking up. Like He's just a natural orator. He'll weave um, beautiful statements off the top of his head, but apparently froze like yeah, deer in the headlights in that situation. But no, gr- good episode. I will say, though, I do feel like some of the battle scenes did feel a little dragged out. Like It was a 50-minute episode, and it was probably 40-minute action which is fine just reminiscent of a perhaps a transformers dark side of the moon situation where uh, not that much story or development more strictly action and i feel like they, some of it could have been short like how long it took for those droid decas to be taken down in my mind it's like hey you know they're going to be taken down why is it taking this long but anyways overall very much enjoyed it finished strong for sure quality over quantity with story always trumps action too so but yeah, a dark saber act like you're t- um, bringing it back to like the pig meat locker scene. The dark saber looks wicked every time he draws it out. He whips it out and like, okay, Cad Bane. I he, I'm a hundred percent he's still alive because they're not gonna waste like bringing him just for this two episode thing. So yes, and they have technology in this realm in this universe to like heal anything, right? Like look at Vader. Yeah, so exactly. No, I was very satisfied with the show. Rewatching it, I liked it even more. Though not a perfect show, like there's a lot of flaws in this show too. But like for a Star Wars show, it was great. My dad watched the whole show with me, and he's like, "Yeah, it's simple. It's like watching like a Saturday morning cartoon, but it's live action." I'm like, "Exactly. It's freaking fun. The action's great. It's super easy to follow. Like, there's nothing that you can't predict. It's there's no like huge pl- twists, and it's just super fun to watch, right, Eric?" Yeah, so, agreed. had no issue with the show. It was like a a lesser season of The Mandalorian, but and the Mandalorian is one of the best shows ever for Star Wars. So like, that's not, that's, that's no slight on Boba Fett. So very like high recommend. I was going to say just in general, like Mando is on track to maybe put its name with the greats of television when it's all said and done, right? Like they're two for two so True. far with the season. So interested to see what they do next. Speaking of what they do next in your mind, is there a future for this show? Are we going to see a um, tome two of book of Boba Fett? 
I don't think let's just also like Tamira Morrison did great as Boba Fett and honestly I could see more I don't know if I could see another season actually I could see him coming back in a Mandalorian season but his chapter might be I wouldn't be I wouldn't be I'd be okay with his chapter ending here actually he's the boss now he's proved himself like try to think of other problems that would arise it would almost be like season one of the show it'd be like another syndicate coming or more it more like a repetitive gangster show I don't know if how far you are in the Sopranos, but is it getting a little repetitive? Like it's no, it's not getting repetitive. Honestly, I'm loving okay. it because the characters okay. are so strong, right? Like it's just right, day right, in the right. life stuff with these guys and it just never gets right. old. And I agree also, I think that's it for this show. That's like you said, perfectly. That's a wrap on his chapters for this book, but there will be opportunities for him to insert himself for more sentences in future episodes of Mandalorian. I think he'll come out, come back at some point in Mando, either season three or four, which I would love to see. And I wanted to bring along Fennec Shand, Santo, mm-hmm. the bike gang. No, 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 not the bike gang. No, never the bike gang, but I agree. Like there, what would be the story for a book of Boba Fett season two? Gordon Pibb has more problems that he has to attend to. I don't, I don't think so. So it's a good, good, uh, Good show, honestly. It's either a 6 or a 7 out of 10 for me. Top 7, but a a good 7. Whereas okay. perhaps the next show we'll talk about might have a similar rating, but it's a different rating in a sense if we get into number versus meaning of number. So we can uh, okay. slide into the second show now, Kenobi. High expectations for this one. Everyone did. This has been hyped up for years, dawning dating back to the dawn of Disney Plus. This was going to be one of the big shows that it was going to bring along with it. Ewan McGregor confirmed to return. Everyone was ecstatic, including myself, of course. Hayden Christensen announced to join, reprise his role as uh, Anakin Skywalker slash Vader. I mean, hey, I'm actually very glad that I made my claim a few episodes ago about the show saying that four episodes in, I was not feeling it and that I could see potential for episodes five and six being solid. That's exactly what happened. So since I actually, I made more, I made my claim on the show earlier Like you hadn't, you weren't caught up to episode four yet. So I didn't want to say too much either. What were your thoughts on, uh, on Kenobi start to finish? Okay. Just to set it up. This show had the highest expectations for everybody. Like it was my most anticipated show. And we can get into a conversation maybe after of like what it means to have high expectations for a show or a movie. And we'll talk about that later. But this show itself, Eric, I was slightly disappointed overall, but only because I had the highest expectations, like through the roof, almost unrealistic. And I can give several examples how that's happened to me before for movies and other shows. And we'll talk about that later. But this Obi-Wan show, Eric, like, thank God there was episode five and six because I was like, what is going on? Either this could, this honestly could have been a two hour movie. I don't think there was enough store. I don't, I don't like the direction they chose for what their focuses were being like Leia or Reva, uh, the third sister, Reva, Reva. Yeah. In my head, that's not at all what the show was supposed to be about. But this is a little ridiculous saying that because it's not what I think what it should be. It's like what the products presented to us and I should appreciate it based on what it is. Not like, oh, it's not this or that. Like, I, I, I don't like people that do what I'm doing right now, but I guess I'm doing it anyways. Uh, it's really not what I expected, Eric. And 
though I was entertained and there was badass fight scenes, I was very ultimately like, this is not what I wanted. Yeah, like my first note that I wrote to talk about this show is I liked it, but definitely underwhelmed by the story that they chose yes. to tell and the writing, of course. And yeah, I'll repeat what I said a few episodes ago. I don't know why they decided it would be a good idea to devote this much time to it. And a, char- a character not named Obi-Wan Kenobi in a show called Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know what I mean? Yeah. Why was so much time devoted to a struggling Sith or Inquisitor trying to exact revenge on Darth Vader that we find out in episode 5 in a, in a somewhat predictable way, honestly. A lot of people had predicted that she would be a young Jedi was a young Jedi who witnessed order 66 and wanted to kill Vader. So the twist didn't really hit hard either. And you never cared for this character either, or I didn't anyways. And even at the, by the end of the show, still don't care for the character. It was such a waste of time to spend so much time on Reva. She just wasn't sympathetic, not relatable, unlikable. And in my opinion, didn't it wasn't a great acting job either when she's yelling at people and just yeah being overly aggressive it never really felt intimidating it just felt like whiny yeah and i guess you could say that about anakin too that he would yell and be whiny and but people still clowned him for that so it's it's fair to do so in this situation as well not a fan of that and again there's i didn't say this last time because you hadn't seen episode four but the plot was just a cat and mouse game of people capturing Leia and Obi-Wan trying to rescue her. And every single time, you know, everyone's going to make it out. All right. The stakes never felt high for me at all. Never. You knew there was no danger that these characters are going to make it out just fine. Even episode six, while I liked parts of it was so dumb in that Reva's master plan is to somehow go to, the Lars farm to kill Luke. Why? How does she know that that's who um friggin' what's his name there? Bail Organa was talking to Obi-Wan about through that telecom. And that was her way of exacting revenge against Anakin. Some people told me that she knew that she knew Luke was Anakin's son. If so, how? Mm. That's my question. That makes zero sense. The only thing I liked about that storyline was that Baru got to just do work on Reva. I was loving what Baru was bringing, just packing at the farm. And <laughs> mad props to Baru. Other than that, yeah, anyways, just I just wanted to get all the negative Reva stuff out of the way because yeah, there yeah. definitely was a lot that I liked, but that was a, a huge swing and a miss in my opinion. Yeah, like the show has six episodes. We have very few precious minutes and there are a lot of them devoted to not showing us Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. Yes. I loved, like, the first episode, I was like, okay, this could, like, this is pretty good. Like, they, you see uh, Joel Edgerton as, uh, you know, Gordo as Lars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I love the gift. Great movie. Um, it's the it started off giving. decent, but then I'm like, the more I was going, I was like, oh. This is, in my head, I was expecting, like, a more of a, a bigger scale, bigger stakes. Like you said, the stakes weren't high. That's exactly what what my issue was. It was a very underwhelming, like minimalistic show, micro, very a micro scale and more of a character study, but not even a character study of Obi-Wan, a character study of Reva. I wanted just Obi-Wan. It was cool to see him like 
down on himself and like he couldn't do he didn't want to pull out his lightsaber like that was interesting you know he's super like depressed show us all of that not don't yeah leia that leia was cool i like seeing that she did a good job but like again just her being captured catch and release the whole show that was a little annoying and like when she's running in the forest when we first meet her and she's evading all these adults i'm like how are they not she's like eight years old so just like bad. climb the tree and catch her she's eight <laughs> I don't care how freaking agile she is. That's ridiculous. Yeah, like she could have um, taken a play out of our playbook back in the day, climbing the tree in Glamapaz's backyard. We used to go up in that, that tree, right? So I I know, like, that would have made more sense if that was her escape route, right? Because it's true. Watching yeah. this, it looked ludicrous that these adults <laughs> couldn't snatch her up with like two strides and cat. It was... It, oh. <laughs> Talk about, I was talking, ripping the chase scene in Boba Fett. I don't know which was worse, this <laughs> or or that, right? Probably the, honestly, the Leia chase scene. But I want, I do want to say, was a big fan of the Leia actress. She killed it as a young Princess Leia. And yeah. again, some people were kind of criticizing the young girl's acting and that, oh, like, no, no young girl talks like this and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's no regular young girl here. This is Princess Leia Organa who... We know what kind of great woman she's going to grow up to become. And it only makes sense that given her background and the education she receives, that she is wise beyond her years. And I come to find out she's force sensitive. Shout out the sequel trilogy. So, or even in the original trilogy, she kind of does know that Luke's okay she, when the Death Star blows. I was like, right. You know what? Never mind. I'll retract that little jab at the sequels. But no, she did a great job. I have nothing bad to say about that actress. Only the situations she was put into and that's not her fault that was the script that she was fed right so actually just one more to tie in with Riva again that interrogation scene was so bad it made zero sense how this grown woman in Riva can possibly think that a young girl in Leia has any information worth extracting out of her after she's just ran out of this tunnel to save herself but would somehow have the intricacies of the underground network that yeah. smuggles jedi out that she just found out about like five minutes ago that whole scene was just ridiculous in my opinion well said eric um the actress who played leia reminded me of like liana mormont the little girl who played mm. uh, lady mormont yes. in game of thrones like same like badass confidence um, another like that interrogation scene was abysmal and another thing that did not fit the show was Kumail Nanjiani's character <laughs> didn't he just take you out of the whole show like I don't know I didn't need to see him in this show I'm just he's a good actor but like seeing him in Eternals and now in the Obi-Wan show is just I don't know it threw me it was jarring to me it just threw me off I did like seeing Coruscant, Coruscant though like that was cool seeing the city again but yeah, we've been focusing a lot on the negative in this show. There are a lot of stuff I liked, and it starts with, well, it starts and finishes with the man himself, Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Yep. He looked really cool, just like aesthetic, like physically, like menacing. And that scene where he enters the city, in Tatooine, and starts like it was, and starts like choking people and like killing them, and that reminded me of like the Germans marching into a city in World War Two and just like imposing their will and like. That's what it reminded me of. Like, it was super powerful and, like, kind of scary and terrorizing. So, that was very cool. Um, okay, what do you think, Eric? You can talk about Darth Vader, but, like, the flashbacks with, like, Hayden Christensen and Obi-Wan. Like, what do you think of that? 
like the mini little scenes we got. Yes, first of all, Vader killed it. it has to be said right off the top. Yeah, coming off what was the worst episode in episode four, I was ecstatic to see that little rat tail hanging from Hayden Christensen's scalp at the beginning of episode five. Instant smile on my face right away. I knew I was up. So cool to see those flashbacks. I was so pumped to see him and Obi-Wan go toe-to-toe at the height of their, or almost at the height of their powers, just dueling and shooting the shit, you know? And that was awesome. Loved that episode. Wish we'd gotten more of it, though. And I even said that before that episode aired, that that's kind of what I was hoping to see. So I'm really glad that they did deliver and gave us that. Every time Darth Vader was on the screen, stole the show, especially in episode three, where he's just owning those people in the village, first of all, and then putting on a clinic with Obi-Wan, who at this point is still in that hermit phase, not really using the force. He's shut himself out of the force and just getting ragdolled like Darcy Tucker by Zadino Chara. And it was fun to see. It made some people worried, though, again, in that it would maybe retcon or not retcon but just kind of hurt what was said in a new hope where the last time they met obi-wan was the master and he was the learn vader was the learner but of course in episode six there's not nothing to worry about after we saw that but i like that we saw vader get the best of him in this scene especially when he was just roasting obi-wan over the coals just some grilled marshmallow action at the campfire and just those menacing shots of vader overlooking at Obi-Wan with the flames above under him. It was just yeah. like satanic almost. And Vader like really symbolizes fear and uh, evil, I guess. Episode three was awesome. Three, five, and six are my favorite episodes by far. And it was largely due to the Vader presence. So those are my opening Vader thoughts. I love what the producers are doing with Darth Vader post, like uh, what they did with him in Rogue One and now in this show. Because he's like freshly, like he's freshly crafted, we'll say, and he's still like, he's very aggressive when he fights. Like in Rogue One, that end scene, of course, who can forget? And in, in Obi Wan, like he's super, like he's using all everything, like the for- he's using the force a lot, and like using projectiles, the rocks, everything. And what I like is in the in the original trilogy, he's much older, obviously by then, and he fights a little slower, and he's more methodical and doesn't waste a, mo- a movement right. you know when he fights obi uh, when he fights obi-wan rematch and against luke like but in this he's like all out like he's still young and has some energy but you know like the years catch up to him later on i like how they show that and like when his mask splits a little oh. and you see a little bit of his human side like that was that was bone chilling um i didn't i didn't like that whole plot of all the rebels in the caves and reva's just out like i didn't like all that and the twist, Eric, the twist of the Grand Inquisitor not actually being dead. Of course, uh, we knew he wasn't dead because he's in Rebels, right? Which takes place after episode... Uh, yeah. Like, takes place during that time, I should after say. So after, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, I knew, like, he was going to come back. Did you like... Inquisitors were introduced in Star Wars Rebels. Did you like the fact that they were a focus? Just in general, forget Reva. Just the like. Did you like that they were, they were introduced in the live action realm? Okay, so a lot of points you made. I want to touch on. We'll go with okay. the Inquisitors first. When they were announced and presented in the trailers, I thought we'd get way more action with them. First of all, like we had two of them who I don't even know if we saw them whip out their light lightsabers once. Would have been cool to see them involved with Obi Wan specifically. 
in lightsaber action. Like, that's the the coolest thing about Star Wars is the lightsaber component, and I feel like we just keep we don't get enough of it. So I would have liked to see more lightsaber action between them, and that would have made them feel like maybe more of a threat. In that, in this one, they just felt like maybe more military presence playing behind the scenes, all trying to get a, a friggin' acting Grand Inquisitor payday or something. That was yeah. their main focus, not really doing the dirty work, which I would have liked to see. But Grand Inquisitor, death, at first was a twist, but then, like you said, I knew he'd be alive because he's alive in Rebels, which happened after Kenobi. So his return fell completely flat. I was happy to see him, though, don't get me wrong, because then it would have made zero sense if he wasn't going to come back at some point in the show because then that would be making everything that happened in Rebels obsolete. Yeah. Or anyway, it just would have been weird. So I was happy to see him, but he does next to nothing the whole season. Like Again, I would have liked to see him maybe so in the last episode when Vader has a choice to make, whether to continue to follow the Rebels from the cave or chase down a single man in Obi-Wan, maybe have Vader follow Obi-Wan and then the Grand Inquisitor can lead the hunt against the rebels in the cave. Two split storylines snip the Reva storyline completely. She's dead. Vader killed her in ep- at the end of episode 5. Didn't leave her alive like they did. Like you would have think you would think that they would have learned from the Grand Inquisitor coming back from the, a stab wound in the chest that maybe Reva can come back as well, but I guess that didn't cross their mind. Anyways, yeah, very weak. Um, I like the Grand Inquisitor, though. I do hope we see him in future Star Wars live-action shows, but I want to see him more involved and in showcasing his impressive lightsaber abilities like we saw in Rebels. Like He was a, a pretty solid villain in Rebels. So what did you think of them all overall? I love his look, yeah. and I love I liked his presence, but he was kind of like, he didn't really do... You're right, Eric, I wanted more just like you. What Everything you said is great. Um, can't believe Reva like Reva survived that like that wound, but uh, then way too convenient. I like the impulsive Vader of like, no, we have to go after Obi Wan. Like I liked all that. That was the his the finale between Obi Wan and Darth Vader. That was that was really good. Got some lightsaber action. I like that. Oh, you know what I like? I've heard some people say like, oh, Obi Wan certainly like relearns all his abilities, and he he's just as powerful like in the the blink of an eye. I'm like, you know what? I like that because. The man's been like a badass, like five-star general for years and years and years. Like, yeah, it's like riding a bike. He, after he did it for a couple seconds, he's like, okay, he, re- he he just, he's like, oh yeah, I can do this. And I am this powerful. So I like the fact that he goes from like a, a, a zero to a hero in like one episode in terms of fighting capability and force usage. I, I like that. He's instantly like back in the game. But overall, Eric, this show, like, I don't know if it should have just been completely go for a different story or make this into, like, a movie. Originally, it was supposed to be a movie, so I don't know if they added more stuff to it or filler, which would be, like, the Inquisitor stuff. I don't know. In my head, this show was going to be Obi-Wan ditching Tatooine and going off on, like, a solo adventure, like, with high stakes of, like, craziness. I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the show, but, like, it was a huge disappointment, I guess, is how I'm going to sum yeah, it up. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. Like, okay, it was somewhat enjoyable overall. Nothing meaningful happened, though, really. Like, there... Maybe that's, like, an oversimplification of everything. We'd have to rewatch it again, but let's try to think. Was the, Did this really add anything in the grand scheme of things for in between episodes 3 and 4? 
Not really, in my opinion, off the top. No. Now we know that Leia and Obi-Wan had a relationship when she was younger. That's the only new piece of information, really, that when she hears that he's on the Death Star, like, oh, Ben's here? I know him. I know him. I know him. And, and But overall, like this show didn't really need to happen. And it was because of that story, sadly, that we're saying this. I never would have thought that would be my overall takeaway from this show. But let's spin a little positive here, like you said as well. I watched the last episode. I downloaded it on my phone coming back from Banff. So I watched it on the airplane. I was rocking a mask, AirPods. Had a smile on my face the entire time Vader and Obi-Wan were going toe-to-toe on that planet lightsaber fighting. That was friggin' unbelievable. And seeing Vader move like... Oh, I was just going to make a reference to him. I forgot the guy's name. But just seeing Vader move like that... Like you said, we've never seen him have this sort of quick feet. Um, he's mm-hmm. like not really a mobile character, right? He's a hunk of junk at the end of the day. He's more machine than man. But he was like, moving on the dance floor. Yeah. And like a like Vincent Vega. That's who I was going to say. And, <laughs> and it was awesome. Love that Obi-Wan got the best of him. When he raised all the rocks as well out of the ground. Like, no, no, no. I'm back. And this is the turning point in the fight here. Really fun to see. Then it kept cutting Epic, to the yeah. Reva storyline. I wasn't really about that. So it gave my... my face a a break there because my cheeks were getting sore from smiling but after that right back to it and it was just awesome to watch so it finished strong especially with the Qui-Gon which you knew Qui-Gon was going to show up at some point he was teased in the first episode and then only shows up for like 10 seconds in the last but I still like that we saw him in that like maybe opens the door for a season two and now is a season two of this show what we want or need I don't know I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Like I said at the start of all this, this show is like a seven tops, probably leaning six, but not a strong six or seven, a weak six or seven. I agree, Eric. Um, I don't think there needs to be another season of this show because there's so many other characters and worlds to explore. Like we don't need, we've seen a lot of Obi-Wan. We, we can explore other things now. And this actually showed like why maybe some characters should just be like, we don't need to know exactly what's going on. Or maybe I'm just saying that because I was just disappointed in the writing in this show. So, But like, let me tell you a quick story on expectations. Like, When I saw Interstellar at the movie theater, I really didn't like it. Because in my head, it was a different movie. It was going to be a, a space exploration, like planets. And like it, it was going to be more of an action movie and not what what Interstellar is. But the second time and third time and fourth time and fifth, like I've watched Interstellar so many times. It's one of my favorite movies. Now I love Interstellar, but I really didn't like it the first time. So maybe rewatching Obi-Wan, I'll know exactly what to expect. I will enjoy it maybe more. So that's a conversation we could have is like, should we have those? Should we be mad if a movie or TV show isn't what we thought? Like, isn't, doesn't meet our expectations of like tonal change? Like, this show was more of a character study. I wanted an action move, an action show. Should I be, is, is that a fair reason to be mad or should I just take it for what it is and enjoy it, right? So I just thought that was interesting. I'm sure it's happened to you too, Eric, at the theater or on, at, on, on the TV, right? Yeah, I don't have an example off the top there. And yeah, it's just interesting to say that this show was a character study because they didn't even really dive that deep into 
Obi-Wan's psychology and the aftermath of everything that happened in episode three, unless I'm forgetting a bunch of stuff, but they touch on it only. Yeah. They only touch they, on they it. Maybe just scratch the surface and we're more focused yeah. on, in my opinion, they're more focused on telling a story of rescuing Leia a bunch of times and, you know, introducing some new characters and one that we haven't really yeah. touched on at all. Actually, I'll just say on your Kumail Nanjani point, I thought he was kind of interesting at first, but then the fact that he kept coming up and was being given the responsibilities, like if Obi-Wan's like, oh, if I don't make it out alive here, take my lightsaber and take this communication panel and take care of the girl. Like, oh, you just met this guy and you just seen that he's a lying scumbag. So I don't know why you're putting all your trust in him, but another character we didn't touch on who was a part of that rebel group was Roken played by O'Shea Jackson Jr. And it's made pretty clear that he is going to appear in some other capacity in that he gives this, or Obi-Wan hypes him up in the end before he's about to face Vader. He's like, no, you're um, you're yeah. one of the good ones and um, you're going to play a big role in the the rebellion to come. And Roken said like, oh no, don't worry. I'm just getting started. Like, all right, let's go. So now I think the next time we see Roken may even be in Andor, which is set to release in august that's my call that we're gonna see this character in andor and he'll be a couple of years older a more refined leader perhaps even yeah. a, a colonel of some sort and um i thought he did a great job honestly i was a big fan of his character like like you though that story wasn't really gripping necessarily like you know they're gonna make it out of there most likely anyways it, yeah sure it was sad when tala gets killed like that the girl yeah. um Wade too. Who was actually Pedro Pascal's like girlfriend in Game of Thrones. Right. She plays like the sand. Yeah. So that's the connection there. But uh, you don't cast O'Shea Jackson Jr. for like just those two episodes little moment. Like you're going to you're going to utilize a man, an actor like that in future installments. For sure. I We're going to see him again. Good call. Um, but yeah, the rebels like Andor is where I want to see this rebel guerrilla fighting, like hatching plans, like sneaking into places, blowing stuff up, like a military show. Like I'm, this is what I'm expecting out of Andor, Eric. If you want to get into yeah, that now, like segue to that. a Rogue One esque show, basically is what I want because I love Rogue One. Yeah, I mean, I didn't like Rogue One <laughs> the first time I saw it. I think I've said that a bunch of times on the pod. I think I was I was gassed and not in the right headspace. But upon rewatch and taking it for what it is in that it's not about the characters, it's about the cause and what they accomplish. So I've I've really changed my percep- perception on that movie and perspective on that movie. And um, actually, when they announced that they're going to be making this Andor show, I thought like this is a joke. There's so many other characters you could make a show about why Cassian Andor. But now I'm kind of pumped for it for some reason. I... I think I said on our la- our Star Wars episode that this has the potential to be the Wanda vision of the the Star Wars Disney uh, Plus shows. I'm gonna stand by that. I think this is the one that the least amount of people are excited for. We barely know this character. It's not like it's a character we really grew to love in Rogue One either. I never. True. I've seen it a bunch of times. It's not like I'm a huge Cassian Andor fan, but I am excited to see, like you said, the guerrilla warfare angle. The the grittier side of the rebellion, hopefully some dark content as well. Just like some really shady backdoor deals, betrayals. And this is a 12 episode season. So I really hope that they use all this time to develop characters. Cause it's going to be a brand new slew of characters in here. Right. And 
present this information properly, give us a good plot. Yeah, make us care for the characters and not only the cause. So do what Rogue One did not in that I want to care about these new characters. And Hmm. I don't know where it's going either, which I love, which for this show, Kenobi, you you knew that there's a certain amount of characters that are going to be safe 100%. In Andor, you know Andor's making it all right, obviously. But let's say Roken comes back. He could get gunned down in episode 7. I don't know. So anyone should be fair game in Andor. And I, I like that more than knowing some characters are going to be safe well said i hope the show's dirtier and like more like on a ground level like foot soldier level type show with high stakes and the stakes will be higher like you said because they're going to be all new characters i hope the setting like they have a real they have more liberty to do like different settings and different like like show us new things in the star wars universe different creatures different weapons like every anything um, I don't know how much budget they're putting to the show. Like, is it gonna, are we going to have like space, like battles in space, or it's going to be on the probably ground level, like I said, or I hope. Um, but I'm really pumped for the show. Super low expectation. It's like Andor is a show no one wanted, but it's going to be the show we all love, probably, right? So. Exactly. It's the way I see it. Obi Wan was the opposite, right? Like everyone thought it was going to be amazing, and then what happens is sometimes. Like uh, Chuck D said, public enemy, don't believe the hype. <laughs> hey, nice. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just looking for the budget for this show. I'm assuming it's in the the hundred, at least hundred million range. Like That's been kind Ooh. of the standard for these Disney Plus shows. I don't know how much space dog fighting we'll see. The boots on the ground action, I'm really looking forward to. And like you, like you said, don't just show us Yavin 4. I want to see... Some new planets, some and not not necessarily sand planets either. I feel like we've gotten our fill of those starting to become like Anakin in that I'm hating the amount of sand we're getting in Star Wars. But I think there's good potential for the show. It's a two season show as well. They're confirmed for a season two, another twelve episodes. So given okay. the amount of running time this show has been greenlit for, you have to imagine that the filler will be limited, or you hope anyways. The filler will be limited, and well, by the end of it, we will care about Cassian Andor, and that'll make his death more impactful at the end of Rogue One. Spoiler alert: that he'll be like, "Damn, this dude went through the ringer in that Andor show, and does um, he deserved better?" I'm sure they're gonna tie in other legacy characters from either the Clone Wars or the Rebels shows. Like, there's. I don't know if it's confirmed, but Saw Gerrera is most likely going to appear in this show. Okay. I want to see Rex, like a live-action Rex. Yes, same here. I'd love that. I've been waiting for that. Rex. Dex from Clone War, uh, Attack ah. of the Clones <laughs> might be. Here's a question, Eric. Actually, just super random. It just popped in my head as we're winding down here. Like... Tamora Morrison, who plays all the clones, Boba, Django, every like, what happens? He's getting old, right? He's not getting any younger. Like, what's gonna happen to all the live action stuff? Like, are you, are they gonna recast a, the clone? Or are they gonna de-age him? Are they gonna have a CGI version of him? Are they gonna never take their helmets off if they do shows? Like, if they decide to do a Clone Wars action movie, you know, between episode two and three, like, what's gonna happen with? Because he is the face of the clone of Boba of every like of a lot of characters, so I'm just throwing that out there. I yeah, don't know what the, like, what's gonna he's happen. He's 61. I mean, he's not that old that they can't really use his um, physical 
unadulterated, I guess, or unaltered look in making him like play these different characters. Like like we saw in one of the Clone Wars or Rebels episode, I think either Rex or Cody has like a full white beard. So maybe yeah. they'll go down that path with him and just either he'll grow out a beard or just the the hair and makeup department will step in. I think they're probably going to want to cram as much content with him in the next, let's say, five years. After that, I don't know what the demand will be for more live-action clone content, right? I right. think the future of Star Wars after what's already been announced is going to lie outside of this world that we've gotten to know with the nine movies and the the Skywalker oh. saga, right? I think we're going to go just brand new, and that's what I kind of want also. Like the... Taika Waititi, either he's getting a movie or a trilogy. He said it's going to be far removed from what we've seen in these movies and shows. So to answer that question, that's why I think maybe in this next five-year window span, get as much in for now. After that, well, it might be the end of Tamura Morrison's uh, clone and bounty hunter portraying days. While I do love his um, his acting, at some point you got to just retire that slew of um, comfort food, if you will, for him as an actor. Wow. Well, beautifully said, Eric. Uh, episode one, Episodes one through six is really the meat of like the awesome Star Wars storyline. And there's only so much in, there's only so many holes they're going to fill. And they're already filling these holes as we're speaking right now, right? Like we're getting all the filler in between the movies right now. And it's fuck, it's freaking amazing. It is. Some of the best stuff we've seen with the Clone Wars TV show and these and the Mandalorian, like, we can't ask for more. Well, the Mandalorian's after. is between six and seven, but you get my point. Yep. Adventuring past episode nine, though, to me is a little scary because it's like, I'm so used to having a Skywalker in there, but eh, what the hell? Needs to be done. <laughs> so as long as they have those lightsaber battles and dog, dog fights with the X-Wings yeah. and, you know, we're in good hands. Exactly. Taika would make like a very comedic trilogy though so that's going to be a little like ooh, a lot of fans are no matter what the fans are going to hate it yeah, love true. it and hate it so but no I I trust whatever vision he has for a Star Wars movie or trilogy and different is could be good for Star Wars right and they're already starting to be different like post Disney acquisition of Star Wars I feel like the comedy has been really different than it was in the the first six movies right yeah in these shows now they're trying to to insert more comedy too but not over the top comedy i feel like mando has a decently serious tone and it works perfectly that's why maybe it was really jarring like you said to see kumail in kenobi just scamming people and kind of looking out of place yeah he literally was out of place and that he's portraying a jedi like he has no business doing this yeah, no, they, they, they tried some things with Kenobi and uh, some landed, some didn't. I'm pumped for Mando Season 3 now. I think that's going to be February 2023. What that season does will either catapult Mando into the conversation for the, the GOAT shows or if it stays on par, still a good place to be. But I think there's so much potential with this show and... Uh, with John Favreau and Dave Filoni at the helm of a show, I don't think they can miss. Same with Ahsoka. I'm pumped for that too. Absolutely. Hopefully Obi-Wan's the low point where it's like we have like every other show's better, so I'm just gonna be I'm gonna just lower my expectations, I think. I was way too excited for this show, Eric. Like it's a good call. I love you and McGregor as an actor, so yeah. 
a show that exceeded my expectations and a show that was a little less than that. So a balance, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And there needs to be balance in the force, and there was before and after watching this show. So these shows. Correct. So. Um, but no, Hayden Christensen. Just want to wrap Kenobi up for me, anyways, by saying that I'm super happy to see him get his redemption tour in real life. In that, that guy got so much hate from Star Wars fandom for like the entire 2000s and the majority of the 2010s. I was always a fan. I want that on record. I was a huge fan of Hayden Christensen as Anakin when I was a kid. I don't know what good acting and bad acting is. I don't even think it was bad acting. He was given this script that people have issues with, which I don't. I didn't have an issue with it as a kid. Obviously, looking at it now, you're like, all right, some of these lines are a little cringe, but I think he did a great job with the script he was given and was perfect Anakin and killed it in Kenobi as well. Looking forward to seeing him in other shows down the road. Like he's pretty much confirmed to be in Ahsoka as well. So that'll be cool. Hopefully they really do more flashbacks in that show as well. They should be reading feedback like the, the Morbius executives at Sony were, and they're reading what the people are saying on Twitter that they wanted that movie released in theaters. They should be doing that with our feedback for star Wars and, um, give us more Hayden Christensen flashbacks. Him and you, you and McGregor killed it. Big fan. Yeah, to, to wrap up my thoughts, I, I too would have liked to see more of him as himself, like as Anakin, sorry, and I like him in the prequel trilogy too. I think he has a good, he, he has a good look for Anakin, you know, like he's, I have nothing more to add. It's It was disappointing, but like some things made it. I, I will go back and rewatch the show just for like like the last episode. Maybe I'll just rewatch the last episode of Hell. I'm pretty, pretty sure most people are going to agree with this, Eric, like, the feelings on Obi-Wan, that's what I've been getting from people at my work. Not Nothing like didn't blow anyone out of the water, so. Yeah, I think so. Disappointing. Uh, but it's not a bad idea, though, to revisit it, watch it maybe from start to finish in a few months' time, of course. Whenever I do, like, my Star Wars marathon rip, I'll, I'll, I'll try to throw it in there as well, see if my perception has changed with time. And using your interstellar example, perhaps, maybe I'll actually really enjoy it, knowing what happens as well and knowing that it wasn't what I would what I thought it would be or what I wanted it to be. So hopefully uh, it can be redeemed as Hayden Christensen was in the eyes of the public. Random recommendation. So we're recording this episode like four days after we recorded the Stranger Things one. So I haven't watched anything since then. I've, the only thing I have to recommend would be one album again. It's called... The Course of the Inevitable 2 by Lloyd oh. Banks. I don't know if you check this album out, Matt, but obviously sequel to Course of the Inevitable album by Lloyd Banks that dropped last year. And when that album was released, I was a huge fan of it and thought that it would end up on my top 10 2021 hip-hop albums list. Obviously, you'll recall that it did not end up there. This was a little long and I felt like it faltered in the back half. But I really enjoyed this album. A little shorter... Some good good features as well. Very lyrical rap. Uh, it has a dark, gritty, Andor-esque feel to it. And um, it was good stuff. I would definitely recommend to anyone who likes that lyrical rap. And a few catchy choruses as well. Good. It's a solid album. Have you checked it out, Matt? I have, and I really enjoyed it. Listened to it once. Nice. When I looked at the album, I'm like, oh, there's some good features on here. This first Lloyd Banks album I've ever listened to, actually. I didn't even, I missed the boat last year. I only knew him from, like, G-Unit back in the day. 
Um, I really enjoyed it. Good recommendation. And I'll follow that recommendation with a hip hop EP that just dropped the other day. DJ Premier like put out, it's called Hip Hop 50 Volume 1. It's five songs. You got features from um, Nas, Run the Jewels, Slick Rick, Lil Wayne, Joey Badass, and a girl rapper. I forget her. Remy, I think her name is. Anyways, those five songs are all great in my, well, most of them are great in my opinion. And it's just like a five song thing. But Eric, it's really good. I don't know if you checked it out yet. But Brandon, our previous guest from our top 10 show, pushed it hard on me. And I listened to it and it was really good. Hip Hop 50 Volume 1. Yeah, put no, up by I, DJ I saw Premier. it. I didn't listen to it though. I'll, I just downloaded it. I'll check it out and uh, let you know That's... what I think. Yeah, 14 minutes. So pretty quick oh, yeah. listen and a lot of heavy hitters on there so i'm sure it's uh, old school like boom back beats yeah and uh, good bars on there so i'll, I'll check it out for sure at, at worst eric you wasted only 14 minutes right it's so quick and i'm sure it won't be a waste it's like you're making supper one night eric you listen to it done and you'll have time to spare um <laughs> i watched a couple movies i'll reckon well okay i watched a turn your brain off type of movie and a turn your brain on type of movie on both on netflix the turn your brain off was the man from toronto with kevin hart and woody harrelson it was good it wasn't great it faltered near the end it was very predictable but like it was an entertaining movie if you just don't want to think kevin hart's funny woody harrelson's woody harrelson i mean it had its moments have you checked the movie out no i feel like i've heard of it though like I, that name yeah. rung a bell for sure but no yeah. i haven't seen it it's like an action comedy movie anyways it's it's good mistaken identities leads to a series of misadventures for a hitman and uh a, a, a really crappy salesman the second movie is really it's a movie not for everybody like it's it's slow moving but it's 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 interesting and it's a good character study good acted it's called the uh, old henry it's a western and it's on netflix Honestly, I didn't know what to expect with this movie. It was recommended to me. As the movie's going on, I'm like, what's so special about this movie? But then the second half kicks in and there's action and there's like revelations and twists. And you're like, oh shit, this is actually really good. So I recommend it for that reason. Old Henry on Netflix. It's like an hour and 40 minutes. You have to think though while watching the movie. Nothing is spoon fed to you. So if, if that's your thing, watch it. Uh, those are the pretty much a couple movies I watched. I've been rewatching the Rush Hour movies too that are on like Netflix or Prime. Those movies are really entertaining too, but I don't need to discuss those further. I feel like those are good summer movies too. Like don't really want, don't need to think either. Good fun action movies, action comedy. Those are always fun movies to watch like around summertime after a long day of of manual labor as well. And um, just kind of reminiscent of like going back to Rogers or Blockbuster back in the day and just renting a few movies out. Like those would be movies that we would have rented out in like the early 2000s and stuff. So Exactly. I remember renting Rush Hour 1 and 2 a lot when I was a kid. And now it's the perfect movie. Like I grab a couple of drinks and I don't have to think. It's perfect. Well said, Eric. Yeah. And you're still doing your Sopranos? Uh... Yeah, so I'm on season six of the last season, episode five. Loving it. I forget if I said on the pod, but I had accidentally watched the second episode of season six when queuing up the second episode. When I was on season one, I yeah. was I watched the first episode and then I stopped. And then I came back and I 
press start on episode two. Little did I know, I was 30 minutes into this episode that it was episode two of season six. I was just completely lost. And it kind of spoiled some things in that I knew uh-huh. where this, a certain storyline was going with with a few characters. And it really uh-huh. clicked when like, 30 minutes in Meadow and Anthony Jr., so both Tony's kids, look way older than they did in episode one. I was like, all right, this can't be right. So then I hit pause and saw that I was watching the last season's second episode. So anyways, now it all makes sense. I'm loving it. I've heard mixed things on the finale, though. I don't know if that's a good... I haven't heard anything really in terms of it's either good or bad, just that people have differing opinions on it. I'm hoping that I'm going to like it. Because that would be the worst if I don't like the finale. And then that leaves that sour taste in your mouth. The Game of Thrones style, right? And um, I've been loving the show so far. It hasn't steered me wrong. After I'm done Sopranos, there's a bunch of shows I want to start watching or finishing. Like The Boys I want to finish. There's um, We Own This City that I talked about with John Bernthal. I have to finish Miss Marvel. There's The Wire that I also want to start watching. Uh, there's probably a bunch of others I could watch. It's just an endless cornucopia of shows out yeah. there. But I feel like The Wire might be where I'm leaning, to be honest. Just keep going on these old school HBO classics. I know you'll love The Wire, but like I don't want to put expectations on you. We've been talking about that all night. Well, um, when it when it gets constantly brought up as one of the best yeah. shows, it's it's tough to have no expectations, right? Even The Sopranos, I knew that'd be a a show that yeah. most likely I would like and that I would I was expecting it to be good and yeah it has been I've really enjoyed it and I also like the mafia world right so and just the characters are what make it speaking of character like rest in peace Tony Sirico who plays Polly yeah. in Sopranos that's very sad like my favorite episode in Sopranos which you've seen already is like the one where him and Christopher get stuck in the woods with that Russian like Spetsna guy who they, like he's unkillable and they're phoning Tony and he's like there's miscommunications happening and they get lost and that's a great episode. It is. Um, anyways, yeah. That was trending on Twitter all day. Like for the next like yeah. week after he passed away. So yeah, rest in yeah. peace. Yeah, that's all I have for recommendations. Like you said, short turnover for the... Yeah, yeah we'll have so. a few weeks off in between uh, this episode and the next one. So we'll have time to, to, wa- to consume more content and then provide it to everyone here. So, um, yeah, Matt, any final notes for the listeners? Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed our talk on Boba Fett and Obi-Wan. And just have fun this summer. I hope you're enjoying it and stay safe out there. Thank you. Yeah, well said, Matt. So, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to stay safe. Love you all. And, yeah, 